Welcome to episode two of the Beyond the Self podcast. It's real. It's real. It's happening. And we're back. And you're back with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is going to be a very, very special episode for many reasons, reasons I will go into. But as you would have seen from the title, we are talking about and diving into how to release limiting beliefs. And this is a timely one. This is a timely one. And I actually wanted to make sure that I have this conversation with you now, simply because the episodes that are going to be coming up, we're going to be focusing a lot on beliefs. We're going to be talking about identity, the subconscious mind. So I want to make sure that before we get into all of those incredible things, you are very clear on what beliefs are, on what limiting beliefs are. I want to introduce you to something called limiting decisions, which you may or may not have heard me already talk about. But this one was a very important one. And you know what? As I record this, it is, what's the time? It's nearly 1am and I have just got back into the house from the park. And the reason why I was in the park uh, after midnight (laughs) is because I was looking at the moon. If you are someone that is into astrology, or maybe even if you're not really into astrology, you might have seen how beautiful and vivid and full the moon looks tonight. So I am recording this on the 8th of May, um, 2020. And it is a full flower moon. So it's a super moon. I don't know so much about astrology. It's something that I've I've been... So my relationship with astrology is that I used to be someone that was like, ah, like that's, that's not really for me. It's not really my thing. I never paid attention to it. I have a lot of friends that have always been into it. My, (laughs) my friend Karina has been into it for a very long time. And I remember her um, introducing it to me a little bit, but I was just, I had some resistance. But for some reason in the past few months, and in particular in the past month, I have just been getting drawn to it. And I think because of what is happening in the world right now, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But when I found out about this full flower moon, I was like, I I need to be fucking close to it. I, I don't know the details, what it's doing to my body or any of those things. I just know that I need to be close to it. So in the past 24 hours, I've just been reading about it. I've just been, you know, introduced to people that speak about astrology in such an incredible way. And actually, there's a particular um, woman on Instagram and her name is Amy Leah. So that's A-M-Y and Leah, L-E-A, and she just talks about um, astrology and something called human design in the most fascinating way, and I just, yeah, Uh, so anyway, the reason why I was in the park (laughs) was because I wanted to look at the moon so closely, and the park was closed, so I leaped over the little wooden gate, and I sat on top of the jungle gym, And I was just looking at it and I was just talking to it and I didn't even care. I felt such a calmness and I feel it right now as I record this. I felt such a calmness and I was releasing. I was doing a lot of um, releasing work. It's something I've been doing for the whole day, actually. I do it all the time, but I've been doing it quite a bit today. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of um, the tools with you in this conversation. But 
I was looking at the moon and I was talking about the things that I'm going to be releasing. I'm not going to share those specific things with you just in this moment because they felt very personal and, you know, I'm just processing those things. But it was so beautiful. I was sitting there for about an hour, maybe more. Um, and I, it was just, ah. Uh, and the silence that was around me, it was like a comfortable silence. Um, and it was just, I've never experienced anything like that before. I don't think I've ever paid attention to um, the moon in that kind of way. And I started thinking about this podcast, actually, not just the concept of a podcast in itself, but I was thinking about going beyond the self. I was thinking to myself, this is one of those moments where it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm looking at something so much bigger. I'm looking at something that is so, so far away, so far away. And yet it looks so close to me. It's so vivid. It's so, I've, my goodness, I, I've never seen anything like it. I even had to run back inside and get my glasses <laughs> so that I could get a better look. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing in the past hour, just hanging out with the moon and, you know, getting to know my astrological self. And if anyone wants to introduce me to um, astrology and kind of a beginner's guide to astrology, that would be amazing. Just send me an email. You can send it to hello at africabrook.com and I will receive it and I will love you forever. So we are talking today about how to release limiting beliefs. And before we get into this, I really want you to know that when I speak about these concepts, right, it's not a, um, what do you call it? It's not the, uh, it's the best way to put it. I want you to know that this is a continuous process. This is a lifelong practice. When I talk about releasing your limiting beliefs, it's not something you do once or you journal on once and then it's done. These things and these concepts are something that you have to make part of your daily practice. It's something you have to bring consciousness to every single day, not in huge ways, but even in the tiniest of ways. So when I talk about releasing beliefs, when I talk about um, identity work and the be, do, have model, which I shared with you in the last episode, and many other concepts that I'm going to introduce to you, whether they are abstract or very practical and pragmatic, these things are not a quick fix. It's something that you have to commit to and commit to doing the work every single day in some kind of way, okay? And I'm going to start by defining what a belief is and I will explain to you what a limiting belief is and I will explain to you as well how these things are formed. You might have already caught uh, a very similar training that I did on my Instagram, uh, which is still up right now, but I just want to put it in a more concise way and I just want to give you a refresh because with these kinds of concepts, reminders and refreshes are very important because as I always say, repetition is power, okay? So let's start with what is a belief. So a belief is the acceptance that something exists or is true, even without the proof of it, okay? So it's something that you take as fact, right? And it's usually something that is intangible, it's in your mind, but you take it as fact. And a limiting belief 
is a belief that limits your capabilities and the way that you live your life. So a limiting belief is something that gets in the way of what you think is possible either for yourself or for other people. And we have a shit ton of limiting beliefs, my goodness, my goodness. And the biggest question, (laughs) the big, and I have them too, okay? As I have these conversations with you, I never want you to think that I am perfect. I never want you to think that I am faultless and I get everything right and I have overcome every single thing because I fucking haven't, okay? The smarter and more aware I get on a very intellectual level, that just means my subconscious gets smarter with me. That just means that I sabotage myself and limit myself in smarter and less recognizable ways. But I want you to know (laughs) that I am right there with you. We all have limiting beliefs. It doesn't mean we're good or that we're bad. It doesn't mean there's, you know, something broken about us. And I, I say this all the time and I will probably say it many more times. It doesn't mean there is anything intrinsically wrong with you. They are just things that we have. It's just programming that we have, okay? So by understanding these things, which we're going to be talking about today, you just have a better way of um, being able to work with yourself, right? So I want you to know that I am not perfect. I am not standing above all of you. That is not how it works. We are on eye level. I am right there with you. It's just that I have been led on a journey where because of my life experiences and all the adversity that I've um, experienced in my life, I was led on a journey where I had to really find out what was going on. What what was I programmed with? What things do I hold about myself and the world? And this is the knowledge that I have, the knowledge that I share with you. Okay, but it doesn't mean I'm better than you or I'm worse than you. So with limiting beliefs, it's very important to identify what they are because when we don't, we will continue to find ourselves in cycles that are detrimental to our well-being and the well-being of others and the well-being of the planet as a whole. So it's very important to identify what your limiting beliefs are. And a common question that I get from people is, okay, you've told us what limiting beliefs are. I, I understand it. I get it. I've read a lot about it. I've had people talk about it. But how do I actually identify that something is a limiting belief? Just start paying attention to your language, not without judgment, not because you're trying to fix anything or to change anything. Just start to observe. You will be able to notice what your limiting beliefs are. And I'm going to be giving you some very clear examples of some of the things that you might hear, or maybe you've uh, said them yourself. Um, I'm going to give you some examples, but something that I want to do in this conversation is go into how limiting beliefs are formed, because this is not something many people speak of in the self-development space or when we have conversations about limiting beliefs. We don't really talk about how they are formed. So that's what I want to share with you today as well, okay? And I want you to know that with all of these things that are going to come up, if you start to realize that you have limiting beliefs or that you've been talking to yourself in a really unhelpful way, um, I want you to train yourself to not judge what comes up. Do not judge your patterns. I know it can be so fucking hard. I know. I know, (laughs) I know, but it's very important to really embody the role of the observer. 
And I'll be doing an entire episode on that, how you can start to really cultivate that role and that position of the observer, where you look at your behavior and your patterns, not from a place of excusing yourself or your actions or, you know, absolving yourself from responsibility and accountability, but from a place of understanding that you are not your actions, you are not your behavior. Okay. We'll go into all of that, but I just wanted you to, um, when we're having these conversations that can bring up a lot of things, it's important to do your best to be objective, to just be the watcher, just be the witness. Okay, so how is a limiting belief formed? So a limiting belief is formed when you make a limiting decision. And a limiting decision is pretty much a decision that you made at some point in the past as a way to protect yourself. So it's a decision that you made maybe yesterday, maybe a month ago, maybe a few years ago, but it's usually in childhood, all right? So a lot of these things develop in childhood at a time where you're not even able to process what is happening to you. So it starts with a limiting decision. And when I found out about this, I was just blown the fuck away. So you might or might not know, but I'm an NLP practitioner. So what that is, it's neuro-linguistic programming. So it's a user's manual for the mind. It's a study of the subconscious mind. It's a study of behavioral patterns and really understanding the root causes. Because most of the time we focus on the result. We focus on the, we focus on how something manifests, but we rarely go to the root and really find out how it was formed. So when I started to find out about NLP and diving into limiting decisions and limiting beliefs and behavioral patterns, I was just blown the fuck away. And it actually helped me to take um, responsibility for my actions, to also take accountability um, and to stop blaming a lot of external factors and to look within myself. Um, and it, it's not as if I was kind of uh, gaslighting myself in any in any shape or form. This is also something we're going to talk about. Um, in this podcast, self-gaslighting, but just understanding all of these things really, really helped me to actually make peace with myself and to make peace with my past. So a refresh, a limiting decision is basically a decision that you made at some point in the past as a way to protect yourself. And although it no longer serves you, it's become a strongly held belief. So I'll give you an example of a limiting decision. So let's say you get hurt by a partner, so a partner betrays you, and then you in that moment, because you're in a crisis, you're in a high emotional state, it usually happens, it usually gets locked in when we're in a high emotional state, okay? So you get betrayed by a partner, someone that you love so deeply, someone that you've been with for a long time, or maybe it's just been a very intense relationship, and it's been beautiful, it's been amazing, you think this person is quote-unquote the one, or whatever that looks like for you. And then you get betrayed by your partner. Maybe they cheat. Maybe they say something really hurtful. They do something really hurtful. They, You find out they've been manipulating you or whatever it might be, or stealing from you, whatever it might be. So you find yourself in a very high emotional state. And in this moment, in this moment, your logical mind can't step in and it can't rationalize and it can't um, it can't look at all the different options and all the different reasons why it happens. So your subconscious steps in 
And then you make a decision during that crisis. In the scenario that I just gave you, let's say the decision that you make is that you will never trust a partner in the same way again. So you have been betrayed, emotions are high, you're in a crisis. And in that moment, and this happens all the time, okay, I have a very similar story to that. And I'm sure you might as well in some kind of way, even in a platonic relationship. So you're in a crisis, you're in a high emotional state, and then you decide that you are never going to trust a partner in the same way again. So you made this decision as a way to protect your heart, to protect your emotions and your feelings in that moment, right? But it got locked in. And then you found yourself making that decision over and over and over again. And maybe now in the present day, you actually want to be in a loving relationship. You want to be able to trust someone. You want to let people in. You want people to see all sides of you. You want a partner who can see all sides of you and to love you and to adore you. And you want to be able to do the same for them. But because you made this decision so many times, you now have a deeply held belief that you can't trust your romantic partners. So that, I hope that makes sense. And it it makes me sad even saying it out loud because we find ourselves in so many of these situations um another example I can give to you about this is let's say um oh this is a brilliant example that a mentor of mine shared with me when she was describing limiting decisions she said let's say you're a child you're about five years old and it's your older brother's birthday right so it's your older brother's birthday and your mum has spent the entire morning making this beautiful beautiful cake and the cake is so colourful, it's got frosted cream all over it, it looks incredible. And your mum says you can't have the cake until everyone is having it, and she puts the cake on top of the counter, right? So it's right there in front of you, on top of the counter, you're five years old, the colours just look so inviting, it looks so creamy, you just want to have a taste, but your mum has said you have to wait until everyone is cutting the cake and your brother has blown the candles, then you can have the cake, okay? But then you see it on top of the counter and you think to yourself, you're only a little kid as well. <laughs> you're only a little kid. Um, so you, you're looking at the cake, your mum has gone somewhere else and she's kind of uh, putting everything together. You can see the cake on top of the counter and you're like, oh, I'm not going to have the whole cake, but I'll just swipe my little finger um, and just have a tiny little bit and then I'll just cover up the little portion that I've dipped into. I'll just kind of swipe other, the cream over it. <laughs> so you you make the decision that that is what you're going to do. It's not going to be that harmful. You're just going to have a tiny little bit. So as you're trying to get closer to the cake, you get a little stool or a chair to stand on. And as you're trying to pull the cake closer to you, you pull a little bit too hard on the tablecloth and the entire cake smashes on the floor and then your mum comes in and she's screaming she's telling you that you are selfish that was for your brother you have ruined everything go to your room and in that moment you're five years old you cannot intellectualize what is going on you have not developed in a way where you can process what is happening around you all you can see is someone screaming at you. You're being told that you are bad. And in that moment, you make a limiting decision. And that decision is, 
when I do something that I want to do, and when I take something that I want to take, when I have something that I want to have, I ruin everything. Things go wrong. Things go bad. Someone gets hurt. So in that moment, you make that decision. Your subconscious makes that decision because your your logical mind is not formed in such a way where you can realize that actually it's not really about you. Your mom has just been working really hard on this and she was very excited. You know, it's just going to calm down later and it's going to be fine. It's going to be forgotten about in five years. No, you're too young. You're too young to process anything in that kind of way. So you make the decision that I can't go for what I want because when I do, someone gets hurt. And then you start to live your life according to that decision and you make that decision many more times. Maybe you make uh, decisions like that in high school and then in college and then by the time you get into the workplace um, and then in your relationship and now it's become a deeply held belief. So that is what a limiting decision is. It starts with the decision that you made in a time where you needed to protect yourself But unfortunately, the reason why it's limiting is because it's not going to serve you in the long term. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you some examples of some common limiting beliefs. This is why I was saying how important it is to start paying attention to the language that you use. Um, And I'm going to give you these examples because I'm sure you'll be able to see yourself in them. First one is I'm too old. Then I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive enough, I'm unlovable, I can't trust people, I always fail, rich people are greedy, I'm not capable or qualified enough, I'm bad with money. How many times have you said or heard any of these? (laughs) Again, don't judge yourself, do not judge yourself, just Start to look back into your history or look back on your day. How has your day been today? And have you said these things or maybe even a variation of these things? They are so common. And one thing that I always share when I talk about beliefs is, you know, rich people are greedy was one of my biggest limiting beliefs. And why this was limiting to me, number one, was because it was a huge and is a huge generalization. There are just under 8 billion people in the world and there are people who you would class as rich, even though rich can be a very subjective thing, but that's a conversation for another day. There are just under 8 billion people in the world and there are people that are rich, there are people that have money, but there are people that have money and do incredible things in the world. There are conscious souls who would also be classed as rich who do very, very powerful work in the world. And I'm not talking about performative philanthropism. Is that a word? Philanthropism? It is now. Um, I'm not talking about performative charitable actions, you know. I'm talking about people that do incredible things, not only for their families, for themselves, but for their communities on a local and global level. So this idea that rich people are greedy, it's a limiting belief because the way that it showed up for me was I wouldn't allow myself to make money in an easy way or to make money that went beyond the four walls. When I when I talk about the four walls, I mean rent and necessary bills. I wouldn't allow myself to ask for a raise. And this was all subconscious. I didn't even realize it until I started working on my money wounds. 
another conversation you and I need to have, and we're going to have it very soon. This idea that rich people are greedy, full stop, it limited me from so many things because I was judging them. That meant I was in constant judgment of myself and wouldn't allow myself to experience abundance because then I would be one of those people. I would be one of those rich, greedy people. So we need to be very mindful and very careful about the language that we use. And you know what? Most of the time, these things are very... Um, ooh, if you hear all the, all the noise around me, as I have told you before, this is a very raw, organic podcast, okay? Um, and you're getting it from my closet again. So yes, as I was saying... <laughs> <laughs> we need to be very careful with the language that we use because we do we don't realize how much it limits us from living the life that we really want to live so i want you to start paying attention to the language that you use on a day-to-day -day basis whether you're saying it with a smile on your face or you're trying to be humble you know the kind of humility that is forced upon women in particular that is a very dangerous thing because you can be stopping yourself from so much this idea that you're too old, that you're not good enough, that you're not attractive enough, that you can't trust people, that you will always fail. That is not true. And maybe you're not saying these things verbatim, but you're saying variations of those things. It's really important to shine a light on that so you can change it. So what I'm going to do for the next 10 minutes, for the rest of our time together in this episode I want to share with you these steps that I always share with people when I talk about limiting beliefs, when I talk about how we can actually release them. So I'm going to share these four steps with you and I want you to not let this just be more information that you take in and you do nothing with it. Because I know what we do as human beings. <laughs> we'll take in another podcast, we'll sign up for another workshop, we'll buy another self-development book, we'll watch another talk, we'll save another post on Instagram, we will uh, journal, we'll do all these things, but, but there is a lot of resistance when it comes to taking actual action. And the reason why I create these resources for you is because I want you to give yourself the chance to take action. I don't do this just so that it can be more information in the cupboard and the library that is your psyche. So please take the time, especially when it comes to beliefs. It is so important because they rule everything. Your beliefs rule every decision that you make in your life. Every decision. So it is very, very important that you understand what they are. So I'm going to share these four steps with you. And these are steps that I use on myself as well. Anything that I share with you, I also do it. I don't just share things that I think sound amazing and then that's just it I do these practices myself and I know that it actually works when you commit to it that's why I share it with you okay so number one the first thing that you want to do is write your beliefs down you need to see them clearly start being the witness to your thoughts and your emotions this is very important and as I said before the best way to understand what your beliefs are is to just start paying attention to your language. What are the things that you find yourself saying by default? You know, what are the things that you say to your friends when you don't want any attention on you and you downplay your capabilities and you shrink yourself 
um, and you make yourself a little bit smaller just so the attention is not really on you. What are those things? What are the things that you say about other people? Maybe you judge other people for what they're wearing. Be honest. Be honest. You don't have to share these things with anyone, but just be honest because those things will direct you straight to your limiting beliefs. <laughs> straight to your limiting beliefs, okay? So the first thing you want to do is to write them down so you can actually see them clearly. So put them on paper and stare them in the fucking face. It's not going to be comfortable, but let's stop expecting everything to be comfortable. If you want change and transformation in any shape or form, you have to understand that some level of discomfort is going to be part of the parcel, okay? So you want to be able to stare them in the face. And I want you to note down beliefs that actually evoke some kind of emotion within you. Don't do this on the surface level. Write things down that actually bring up some kind of emotion within you. So number one is very important. Write your beliefs down. So if it's I'm bad with money, if that's one of your biggest beliefs that you want to work through, write that down. If you feel like you're not good enough, write that down. If you feel like you're unlovable, write that down. If you have the belief that um, I can't trust men, write that down. I can't trust women, write that down. I can't trust anyone, write that down. I remember I had the really harmful belief that men only want to have sex with me. And this meant that from the time that I had sex when I was 14, up until I started unraveling this belief when I was 25, I'm 27 now. <laughs> I ended up in situations where I would just have sex with men. By, by default, I would kind of get in there first because I had this idea that it's going to happen anyway. So I, I might as well just give them what they want because they don't want a platonic relationship. They don't want a romantic relationship where they actually get to know me and love me. They just want to have sex with me. So my role is to provide the sex. That was, and if you follow my um, sexual wellness company, Cherry Revolution, you can find it exactly like that on Instagram at Cherry Revolution. I talk about this so much. I've written so much about this. And if that is a reflection of your journey and your story as well, I highly advise you to read through that profile so you can just see that you're not alone. But this is why beliefs are so important because they do dictate every decision that you are making in your life. So it's very important. Write them down. Make sure you make note. Make sure you note the beliefs that actually evoke a strong emotional response within you, okay? And don't judge yourself for whatever comes up. Number two, the thing that you want to do is to acknowledge that these are beliefs, not truths. And I always say this, but this part can be very difficult because as long as it's a belief, that means that you take it as fact. But you need to decide, listen, you need to actively decide, will you continue to defend your limitations or wade through the discomfort and release those unhelpful beliefs. It's one or the other. You can't have both. You can't have both. When it comes to your beliefs and really working with them so you can release them in a loving and compassionate way, okay? Because even though you're, even though discomfort is something that I know is a part of the healing process, it doesn't mean that it has to be done in an aggressive way it can all be done in a very loving and compassionate way but you have to choose 
will I keep these limiting beliefs even though they cause me a lot of pain or am I going to choose the temporary discomfort that comes with releasing them? You have to make a choice. So number two is acknowledging that these are beliefs, not the truth and do whatever you can to really affirm that for yourself. These are beliefs, not the truth. This is just programming. It's not something that I chose. Number three, which is is one of the most fun parts. Try on new beliefs. Get curious. Start to get curious. This is something that I always tell people. I always tell my clients and I always tell anyone that I have a conversation with about beliefs that the most exciting thing about this thing we call life, okay, especially when you start to understand your mind and you start to have a bit of an idea of how you work and how you function as a human being, is understanding that you can change this programming. It can take a little while, it can even be lifelong, but you can change the programming within you. You can choose what you want to release and what you want to try on. So one of the most important and most liberating steps of of this process that I'm sharing with you is understanding that you can try on new beliefs and use your imagination. Try on beliefs that actually align with what you really want in life and who you really want to be. And go beyond just saying it. It's, it's, it's not about saying it as an affirmation, as in journaling it. You want to really step into this new belief and feel how it feels. This is where identity work comes into play. If you haven't listened to episode one, where I kind of gave you an idea of the be, do, have model, have a listen to that because it ties into this beautifully. The way that I want to do these episodes is that they will build upon each other. They'll kind of be a journey telling a story. So refer to that episode because I do touch on identity work, but we are going to be going even deeper, even deeper with identity work in a, in a couple of episodes. So you want to make sure that you use your imagination, really start to get clear on who do I actually want to be? Who do I want to be in life? And what beliefs would that person have? Start being playful. Don't be rigid and stiff and so fucking serious about it. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be so serious. Be playful, play around with it, okay? And the last thing that you want to do, the last thing that I'm going to finish off with is you want to take different action. So when it comes to the action part, it is very, very important. It sounds so simple and you've heard it so many times, I'm sure, that action is the only thing that moves the fucking needle. But I have to say this. And the best way to figure this out, it ties in with the be, do, have model that I shared with you last time as well. But the essence of it is really understanding what are the qualities and the characteristics and the actions of the person who holds your new belief. I'm going to say that again because it's it's good. What are the qualities, characteristics and actions of the person who holds your new belief? Because once you define these things, you will know what actions you need to take. Once you get very clear on those three things, the qualities, the characteristics, and the actions, you will know what steps you need to take. And if you avoid taking any of these steps that are going to be based on your new belief, I need you to understand by not taking action, by just having the awareness and not taking the action, that means you are still feeding that old belief. 
that means you are still feeding that unhelpful belief that you identified in the first step. Anytime you choose to not move forward, you are choosing to stay still or to move back. There's no other way around it. So when it comes to the last step, taking action, please don't let this be something that you just leave for later, something that you say, okay, I'll I'll start taking action when. This is something that you can do immediately because when you choose to not take action, you are just feeding that old belief. And understand that when it comes to the concept of taking action, it doesn't have to be big. I really believe in the tiny actions, like I really do. I believe in the tiny steps and the in the small things that are sometimes barely noticeable. Because when you master those things, you master habit change. And that means you are changing your behavioural pattern, changing your rewiring. So please do not dismiss the tiny little actions because even the smallest step will help you solidify your new expansive decision, okay? Because we spoke about that limiting decision in the beginning. By shifting all of these things and following this process that I've shared with you, you're able to start making expansive decisions, decisions that don't limit you, decisions that actually allow you to thrive in whatever way you want to, not in the way that you've been told or that fucking self-help books says you need to. No, whatever way you want to, but you have to do the work. I'm I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times, do the work. And, you know, a lot of us, once we hear that, we just resist. But when it comes to anything that is empowering or motivating or inspiring, maybe even this podcast or some of the things that I share, it goes beyond just absorbing and consuming the information because that is very temporary. You will only be inspired for a short amount of time and then you will just go back into the same cycle, into the same pattern. And I really want the best for you. The reason why I do these podcasts, the reasons why I share in the way that I do, the reason why I use my voice in the way that I do is because I genuinely care. I genuinely care because I find it ridiculous that we don't learn these things in school. I find it heartbreaking that we've been made to believe that it's a luxury and a privilege to have access to this kind of information and these kinds of conversations. It's not. It's not. It should be the standard. We should all be having conversations like this. And, you know, it's for me, it's my sole mission to do this work. I genuinely care about you getting to where you want to be. I care about you understanding your mind, you understanding that you are not your behavior, that you are not your past, that you don't have to be held hostage by the opinions of other people. There's a time and a place for external validation. I'm all for external validation, okay? But it's different when you start to rely on it, when you start to allow what other people think to determine how you live your one life, well, your one human life as we know it. (laughs) And your beliefs also are part of that because we're running with beliefs that just do not fucking work. They just do not work. But in order for us to figure out what does work, we we need to be clear. We need to be honest, okay? And I want you to share with me actually what does come up for you in this podcast And I want you to do that through my email. So that is hello at africabrook.com or you can find me on Instagram at africabrook um, and you can send me a voice note. I love a voice note and it's much easier. It's much better than typing, isn't it? I love a voice note. 
I love being able to hear people's voices, people's accents, um, just being able to feel someone's energy just from the voice. It's a, it's a very powerful thing and I'm glad we have that tool. So exercise it. I invite you. I give you my consent. Um, the only thing that I can't do is to give advice. That's a boundary that I have. I do not give advice in DMs. I can only have a conversation with you if there's something that you resonate with, if there's something um, you had like a breakthrough or an aha moment or you want to share something with me, then please do. But I do not give advice. And I also respect my own mental health because some things can be very traumatic. Some things can be very triggering for me, even though I do this uh, very deep work. <laughs> So um, I do invite you to share with me anything that has come up for you, but I'm excited to have more conversations. This is the second episode and I'm just, I'm still buzzing from the first one. I'm still on such a huge natural high from the first episode and from your responses and from your love and from your, ah, I have the best community. I genuinely believe that I have the best community on the fucking interweb and no one can tell me different. I really, really believe that I do. And I feel all your energy. I feel your words. I feel your love and your support. And I can't wait to, oh my goodness, the things that I have in store for us. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. And I'll share with you, actually, I was thinking of doing the first season of this podcast I've decided they're just going to be solo episodes simply because there are things that I want to dive into with you by myself and I want you to get to know me as well. Once I kind of find the rhythm of that, I already have some incredible guests lined up anyway, but I'm just going to be releasing those episodes a little bit later on in the year. But yeah, that's kind of how I'm going to do it because I love these solo episodes and I can just climb into my fucking closet and just do it. <laughs> I don't have to arrange times with people and then to record and then to send it for editing. I can just keep it simple and you can hear my cupboards clinking and clanking and you can hear the chords and it's fine and it's fine and I like doing it this way. Um, So maybe that's what I'm going to do. What do you think? What do you think? So the first season, solo episodes mainly, and then the second, I'll start introducing some interesting guests. And it's also because I like, you know, I I only like having conversations with very interesting people where we can have a really deep conversation. Also laugh and just have fun and it's not too serious. Um yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. But I have, yeah. Oh, I was about I was about to leak something that I shouldn't. Because it's just too exciting. The person is just ah too amazing. But anyway, anyway, I digress. I am going to leave you. I'm going to leave you now with this belief system process that I've shared with you because it's amazing. And again, it's something that I use, um, and it's something that works if you actually commit to making it work. It can seem so simple, so simple that we dismiss these powerful tools. So simple, and we subconsciously choose to make life difficult and it doesn't have to be and I hope that you will be joining me on this and if you do this exercise that I shared with you please share that with me as well in the email and if you found this episode riveting <laughs> captivating and just valuable I really want you to share this with someone I really do all jokes aside I think it's important to transfer this knowledge we can't just hoard it and just keep it to ourselves 
there is one person, at least one person that needs to hear everything that I've just shared with you because we all have beliefs and we all have limiting beliefs. So I want you to share this with someone and I'd love for you to rate it and review it and to just let me know how you feel about the podcast because I'm so open to hearing I'm so, I'm just I'm just open. I'm just open to hearing what you think and how you feel and I'm grateful that you're a part of this journey and I cannot wait for next week. <laughs> I love you very much from my closet. Thank you so so much for being with me again. Thank you. Thank you.